0: bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips
1: you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. I've been a fan of hypnosis for a long time. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, my father, who used to be an ophthalmologist, would hypnotize his patients before having to put something in their eye or some other uncomfortable uh, procedure. My brother is actually a stage hypnotist, and it's funny as heck. I have to say there's some pretty amazing things, but he also does uh, hypnosis with people to help them overcome smoking or other issues. And today we've got back on the show, the wonderful Tracy Stein, PhD, MPH, health psychology, pain management, general wellness. She's got two fantastic self-hypnosis audio programs out, developing your intuition and letting go of unhealthy relationships. I'm going to call you Tracy or do you prefer Dr. Stein? Welcome back.
0: No, Tracy's great. Okay. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It's great to be here.
1: Well, you know, Tracy, it's funny because I, like I said, I mean, I grew up learning about hypnosis early because I remember my dad talking about it and then my brother took an interest and my dad still uses it. And I think it's a really wonderful thing. So let's talk a little bit about you. Tell us a little about how you got into health and psychology and pain, pain management and then hypnosis.
0: Oh, great. So, um, yeah, and, and I do think hypnosis is wonderful for a wide variety of things, probably more than most people realize. Um, I the, the, the quick story about how I got into health psychology is that I was actually a really sickly kid and grew up in a pretty medically ill family, so I was always very interested in this mind-body relationship and, and how we could do things to help people feel better and optimize their wellness, regardless of you know, what their makeup was or what their medical conditions were. And, um, you know, I pursued a degree in public health and then later a clinical psychology degree. And, um, you know, my my integrative approach is really how I take care of myself, my pets even. Um, And hypnosis is really part of that. Hypnosis actually has a pretty good evidence base for a lot of things and including pain management and increasing comfort, but also for helping people to, rehearse making decisions that might be difficult or daunting for them, to make better choices, to be more self-loving. It pairs really well with tools like mindfulness and other meditative practices. So um, it's, it's just a really terrific tool. And it's one of my favorite ones to
1: use. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, you mentioned mindfulness. You have other audio programs. You have self-compassion meditations, mindfulness meditations, self-compassion during sleep, healthy weight, body image, and more. Let's talk about these new ones. You talk letting go of unhealthy relationships. That can be incredibly difficult. Sometimes people don't even realize. What are some signs to say? Wait a second. This this might not feel good to me, but is it unhealthy? Is this hurting me, or is this just person annoying? Like, how do you differentiate?
0: Yeah, um, that's such a great question because oftentimes we're just so programmed. We're in our own kind of self hypnotic trance that might not be very helpful. Um, mm. And we don't realize it, but we have these kind of unconscious, trancy beliefs that maybe we don't deserve better or people will only love us if we, you know, do everything for them or if we never say no. And, um, you know, we'll know if we're in an unhealthy relationship because of the way we feel most of the time. So if you're in relationships that are really dysfunctional, you'll probably know because you'll feel exhausted or drained or down on yourself a lot of the time or resentful, it'll seem one-sided. And I always tell people a a good test of that is to ask themselves, would I ever treat other people the way this person treats me? And if the answer is no, we have to ask ourselves why we're willing to tolerate that. And often, again, there's some unconscious and unhealthy message that tells us um, that we have to do things that maybe aren't so self-loving. And hypnosis can help us reevaluate that and start making change.
1: And I think when you become aware of that, it might be good if if you had any abuse growing up or if you feel like you're repeating patterns or you feel unlovable and so you sort of look for that same sort of way you were treated, then I would think that therapy could come into play or something in addition.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, clinical hypnosis ideally takes place in the context of psychotherapy, especially when it's a long-standing issue or there, like you said, there's abuse or other reasons why somebody's self-esteem might be particularly low. So I see um, hypnosis and self-hypnosis as something that can complement the other things somebody's doing to help themselves feel stronger and, and, and take care of themselves better.
1: Well, give us a little hint of the letting go of unhealthy relationships. What kind of things are we going to hear on this? So... Basically,
0: what it does is it utilizes a variety of hypnotic techniques, so your unconscious loves imagery and symbol and metaphor. Um, Hypnosis, just in case your listeners aren't aware, is an enhanced state of inner absorption on something specific, or it could be external absorption, like say, you know, my voice on a recording and then decrease attention to other things in the environment that aren't really what you want to focus on at the time. And so this audio program can help people become more aware of the patterns that really don't serve them and visualize them in a multisensory way. So a lot of times people will talk about unhealthy relationships as feeling tethered to someone um, who's not good for them but not feeling how they can cut the cord. And you look at the things people say, as clues to how their unconscious might view them. And this audio program is, you know, it's filled with a lot of self-affirming wording so that people can feel more entitled to set healthy limits. And it also allows them pe- allows them to do things in a way and at the pace that feels right for them. So for some people, it's going to be like, oh, i got to get this person out of my life and I'm ready to just cut the cord, or, you know, crumble that chapter and throw it away or move it into the past. And for somebody else, it might be kind of lengthening that cord or getting more comfortable rehearsing even mentally first before you do it, literally um, creating healthier boundaries, like saying no a little more often or you know, titrating the level of contact you have with somebody.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Now, what makes hypnosis different than, let's say, a guided imagery where you are relaxed and you're Tuning your mind to the beautiful beach or the beautiful sunset or whatever the directions are. What what differentiates that?
0: Sorry, and I don't know if that's my phone or yours. It's a new handset, (laughs) so I hope I'm not making. Oh, could you?
1: Um. Oh, hey Randall, Randall. Oh, hey, could you hear that? Did you? I didn't hear anything, Tracy. Did you hear my question? Okay, might be my.
0: Yeah, I did. Sorry. Um. So basically, what makes guided imagery different from hypnosis? They're actually very similar. I would say that guided imagery is, you know, by nature, hypnotic and definitely brings yeah. us into our inner world more and more, but hypnosis doesn't require guided imagery for it to be effective. So hypnosis could be, self-hypnosis could be counting back from 10 to 1 to go into a deeper, more inner focused state, or it could be just allowing your awareness to be very intensely focused on say, a feeling of comfort in one part of your body to um, turn down the volume on discomfort in another part of your body. But they work really well together. And for all intents and purposes, I would say most commercially available self-hypnosis and hypnosis programs uh, rely heavily on imagery as well.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I was curious about because I I find it hard to do both. (laughs) My monkey mind, I find yeah. it very challenging. <laughs> Even with the guided meditation, I'm still sort of seeing, or sometimes, I don't know if this is just me, but when someone says, okay, picture the color green, like I can picture it, but it's not, I don't know, I feel like I have trouble, but maybe that's a whole other thing. I need a brain scan or something. is obviously no, things I, that I probably know, should be brain able brain to do are a little point. tricky. Yeah. No,
0: because, you know, your dominant sense imaginally may not be visual. And you may be a more um, kinesthetic person or things might be more auditory for you. And there's no one right way. I mean, the other thing is, don't forget too, is that even when your conscious mind is getting distracted, your unconscious mind is taking in things all the time. So if you're giving yourself permission to be receptive, some of that information is certainly penetrating and you get to choose what you want to do with it and at what pace. So... I think the idea is not to try when it comes to these things, but just to allow.
2: Hang on, more with Lisa Davis coming up. Now, you know mindful eating is an essential part of self-care. We all know that every part of our life is enhanced when we eat nourishing, healthy meals. But eating right can be hard to maintain. You know it, and I know it. But that's where Sun Basket comes in to help. With 18 weekly recipes, there is something for everyone. Now, recently, I enjoyed making chicken parmesan and black bean cauliflower tostadas diablo. Mm hmm. Enough said. So here's the deal Sunbasket makes it easy and convenient to cook healthy, delicious meals at home, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. And there's paleo, gluten free, vegetarian, vegan, and pescatarian options. Sunbasket works with the best farms and suppliers to bring you fresh organic produce and responsibly raised meats and seafood all delivered to your door. Just go to sunbasket.com slash talk healthy to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash talk healthy for $35 off. sunbasket.com slash talk healthy. And now back to Lisa Davis.
1: All right, let's talk about uh, developing your intuition. What, how do you define intuition, Tracy?
0: So, I, I feel like intuition is the kind of more palatable word for most people versus, say, something like psychic, which conjures up all mm-hmm. kinds of other stuff that may or may not be true. But I would say intuition is um, knowing without knowing quite how you know, it's taking information I in like uh, beyond the ordinary five senses. And I think it serves a really important evolutionary purpose that makes sense to me that we would be intuitive beings. And we rely on that less and less these days because we have information available to us through so many other electronic and other means. Right. Um, oh yeah. But your gut will tell you when something feels right for you or when it doesn't. Um,
1: and yeah, for that's some true. People, we have to listen to much that. More
0: vivid. Mm, we do. Yes. We do. And I think that can help with everything from, you know, big decisions to little everyday decisions, too. Even just like, you know, like this is going to sound so strange, but like even being in a restaurant and saying, you know, there are these three items that look great. What am I more likely to enjoy? You sometimes often just have a very quiet um, inclination towards one thing or another. Or maybe you're interviewing a new babysitter and you have three great candidates, but for some reason you just don't feel great about one of them or you tend to be drawn to another one. And um, when you follow your intuition, you find out that, in fact, you did make the best choice.
1: So is that is good. And some people need, yeah, and some people need help developing that. So talk to us about this, uh, developing your intuition.
0: So um, like my other programs, it relies on self-hypnotic techniques to help you be more receptive and guided imagery. But um, intuition, like many other things, is very responsive to your intention and the um, the imagery that you give it to um, open up. So I use a lot of opening up of the chakras, and you know, or imagining picking up a phone and tuning into what you want to know. And really, people could use their own imagery as well. There's there there's no one right way to do this, but I think most people would also be surprised at how much data there actually is on intuition actually being a real and a trainable.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Tell us more about that.
0: So, you know, I don't know if you've seen, um, there, there've been some news stories out lately talking about, like, for example, um, the government funded, um, a remote viewing program for 20 years and, and they stopped it in the mid early to mid nineties, but basically they spent about $20 million training military and lay personnel to be able to tune into, um, Things like, you know, where hostages were or um, what the next move of a world leader might be, etc. And, and that information became declassified um, quite a while ago. But I, for some reason, it's experiencing a bit of a resurgence in the popular media. So most people aren't going to be using their intuition for something like that. Again, it's going to be much more mundane. But, um, you know, there are certainly other studies that... Um, There was a study by Daryl Bem at um, Cornell who looked at the ability to, um, if, if students looked at the answers to an exam they took after they took the exam, but before the exam was graded, they did better on the exam than a comparison group of students who didn't look at the answers after. And that's some evidence of influencing something backwards in time by what, you know, basically being able to view ahead of time, the answers that you'll see. I mean, that's something that's really hard to wrap our minds around, but there are actually quite a few people in academia who have looked at different forms of intuition and being able to tap into things beyond the normal five senses.
1: Oh, that's exciting. Now is that where you get into like psychic kind of thing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Dean Radin um, is an experimental psychologist who has a, a book coming out in a few weeks, and he talks about things like that. And one of the things I really like about listening to him is that you know, he's articulate and he's funny, but he also is very scientific in the way he looks at these phenomena. And you know he's not somebody for whom it's a religion to believe or disbelieve. And I think that's the, the best kind of person to do any kind of research, but certainly into these kind of esoteric phenomena. Um, but oh, okay. you know, you'll find most mothers will say that when their child isn't doing well, they can feel it in a way that's hard to articulate. Well, I would call that a type of intuition and a really important type of intuition.
1: Mm. Oh, see, that's so interesting, you know, isn't it? You hear about things like that, right? In terms of oh, something goes on with your child and they're in another state, but you have this sense that something's wrong and then you call and there was an accident or they're sick or there's something going on. I hear stories like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking of a friend who, um, an example that, you know, unfortunately isn't uncommon. And, you know, one day she'd never done this before. She was not prone to snooping and she had a very strong urge to go look at her husband's cell phone. And this was probably more than a decade ago. And she saw all these texts showing that he was having another relationship. And that, she just she said it was the craziest thing for her because she said she felt like she heard a voice in her own head very loudly saying check his phone and you know we could also think of other psychologically more mundane reasons why she might have had that thought but she said it's not something i'd ever thought of before these texts had come in and it helped her make a decision that i think she wanted to make anyway but you know she had several children with him and she would not have left otherwise and i think whether it's her intuitive wisdom or her unconscious wisdom, it told her to do something that helped her feel that she was legitimately able to make a decision that turned out to be a good one for her and her children. Um, So intuition comes in all kinds of forms. Wow.
1: What what are some experiences from your own life? Do you have any stories where you're like, wow, thank goodness I listened to my intuition?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, a number of them. I mean, I'm thinking um, a dramatic one was actually, I was 19 years old and I had been having these very strong, overwhelmingly oppressive kind of feelings for like a month and in relation to my grandfather. um, And I was very, very close to him and we went to Florida and went to see him. And I went to the doctor with him actually the day before he passed away. And the doctor said, oh, Barney, you look great. Keep up the good work, take the medicine. And he just looked different to me. And I was telling everybody in my family, we were, you know, we had a big family gathering, and I was like, how can everybody say he looks great? Can't you guys see this? And I, I can't articulate it any better than that. And the next day, he had a massive heart attack that was fatal. And I, I think that as awful as that felt, it actually prepared me in some way for something that was going to be overwhelmingly painful anyway. But yes. it also showed me that there's some intelligence that's beyond me that knew this was coming and that kind of reminds me that there's much more to us than meets the eye and that actually feels comforting
1: so I don't know if that makes yeah sense, that is comforting but... oh it totally makes sense yeah I totally get that so, you know I'm trying to think if I have any yeah. big intuition story and nothing nothing comes to mind but I'm sure there's something of course like, you know it's gonna happen Tracy as soon as we're done I'll be like oh my gosh this was like the <laughs> biggest story of my life how could I forget <laughs> Or you'll oh, tune into something
0: huge. But I'm sure yes, you've had exactly. vibes professionally, too, like, oh, something good sure. is coming down the pike. Um, yes. Or conversely, yes. that's, that's I just don't have a good vibe about this person. Or, like, maybe it's on a date, and you're maybe not you, but maybe somebody else is saying, ah, this doesn't feel like the right person, even though they look great on paper. And maybe later on oh, you yes. find out there's oh, there's a good reason.
1: So yeah, exactly. And that's why you want to listen, actually,
0: right? Yeah, For most people, it's not going to be the big things that are going to be the most frequent or persuasive, and they don't need to be.
1: Yeah, you know, I just want to say, I think it's so great that you not only have an MPH, which I also have, but you went ahead and got a PhD. I really wish I I, I was school was not my favorite thing. I'll put it that way. I have some uh, learning differences, as my daughter and I call them, not disabilities. And so I, you know, I did really well in graduate school, but up until then, I was just like kind of okay. Um, but I think it's great. And and what made you want to get both an MPH and a PhD?
0: Well, um, first of all, by the way, I, there are lots of profoundly intelligent, skilled, and productive people who don't go on and do that degree, and lots of people who do that degree maybe who aren't so productive. So I don't know if it really says something in and of itself too much, but... Um, But yeah, I, you know, I, I have kind of, uh, I've always had a pretty strong intellectual curiosity and I wanted to take the public health interest that I had had. And I'd done that training first and be able to apply Mm. it with individuals and also just understand the, the, the kind of reasons why people do what they do better. Um, Oh yeah. And I, I think they work well together and I, you know, I've always seen the mind and body as this whole, you know, we tend to split these into these discrete groups in in our society, in our very medicalized society and 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 we're a system, you know, we're not just one or the other. And so that allowed me to kind of tie that in, tie those different, you know, areas in together, I think. But you know, oh, I want to commend great. you also on your books. I, I I just saw that you had the other book on ADHD and autism.
1: Yeah. And that, yes. that's pretty amazing. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you. You know, actually that is called easy to love, but hard to live with. And it's, it's people who have anything brain-based, that's uh, brain-based disorders that you look at the person you don't know. So whether it's autism, ADHD, dyslexia, there's a great Q&A with Henry Winkler. Oh my gosh. He's like the nicest guy ever. He is so incredibly nice. (laughs) Uh So funny. I interviewed him on the show, um, my show, It's Your Health. And we were, it was supposed to be like a 10 or 15 minute interview. And then 45 minutes in, he says, Lisa, this is lovely. I'm having such a wonderful time, but I do need to get going. But he was just so sweet and caring. (laughs) And so I transcribed that for the book. And I I wrote that because my mother had severe sensory processing disorder that never got diagnosed. And everyone just said she was just, you know, nuts and were very negative. And then my daughter has a whole bunch of stuff. And anyway, so it's people who have the issues and then people who love them and how they cope, because it's hard. And so thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I'm really proud. And that was, I didn't write that. That was um, that was an anthology, but I, I helped put it together. So, uh, but yeah, I wish I had known you then, because I would have loved to have you in that book. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? The time goes so fast, Tracy. We just have a few minutes left, and I want to make sure that you tell us all the ways we can get your great, great uh, self-hypnosis audio programs.
0: Oh, thank you. So, you know, they're available through a company called healthjourneys.com. They're on Amazon in CD format. They're on iTunes and, I think, CD Baby, and hopefully we'll be branching out more. Um, But I I see them as just, you know, they're really reflective of my philosophy is that we all have so much potential, usually more than we give ourselves credit for. Our minds are such powerful tools. And, you know, all aspects of us are really willing to work together once we give ourselves permission to do that. And so these, these audio programs that are very affirming, I mean, that's kind of a universal theme, um, can just be another tool to help people, um, do better and feel better. So that's, that's, that's my summary of that. But, um, it's been so lovely speaking with you as always, Lisa, thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, and I want to mention, oh, it's my pleasure that you do a lot on pain management. You have the book, the everything guide to integrative pain management. We did that. So if you go back uh, just go to uh, RadioMD.com or you can go to It's Your Health Lisa Davis.com, and just click on Talk Healthy Today and just scroll through and you'll you'll find Tracy Stein, uh, Dr. Tracy Stein and PH. And you can also find her at www.DrTracyStein, that's T-D-R-T-R-A-C-I Stein, dot com. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. You can check me out on Twitter at healthmediagal one at Talk Healthy, the number two day, and stay well.